most people are very hesitant to look at themselves um, and to really reflect on their lives and, and, and on themselves. So if you're willing to do that, that really takes strength of character. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I have a conversation about mental health. Why is it still such a taboo topic? And what should people know about it? Stay tuned. Are you still searching for that perfect Mother's Day gift? Check out the Hitched Wine Club by visiting hitchedmag.com and clicking the Wine Club link on our homepage. Each month, we'll deliver amazing wines to your home or office, along with recipes, wine notes, and date ideas. These wines are awesome, seriously, and 100% guaranteed. Again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Happy Mother's Day! Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Uh, She has her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. Karen is the author of Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. And you can find this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And I'm, uh, I'm excited today to talk about mental health. And I kind of think about um, this podcast this week as kind of like a mental health 101 and a, like a, a big umbrella conversation about it and a couple specifics. But I think it's really, really important because I feel we still suffer from a lot of stigma and just mm-hmm. misunderstanding about mental health, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, sure. So uh, I'm going to get into this and I'm going to ask you like a, just a broad general question here, Karen. So uh, to me, mental health seems like it's the health slash wellness iceberg of our society where it's huge, but we only seem to acknowledge a small portion of it that we can see. And that happens, unfortunately, in terms of crises um, such as PTSD for soldiers or a mass shooter uh, goes off and we then start talking about mental health in that capacity. But good mental health is a huge thing. And, uh, it's mental health and and dealing with mental health issues is a problem for regular people throughout this country who just don't have debilitating issues, but you know, good mental health is uh, is still very important. Would you care to share or say a few words about the state of mental health and mental health care in our society? Well, I think first of all, you're absolutely right. I think there's still a major stigma um, about if you have some kinds of mental issues, um, you know, mental issues, basic, you know, mental issues, anxiety, depression. Um, you know, we've become accustomed to saying, oh, you're stressed, but that that's a major problem as well. And we'll, we can talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But um, people don't like to acknowledge that they have any kind of 
you know, problems with their mental condition um, because other people look down their noses at them. Uh, we don't like to admit that we go to therapists. Um, we feel somehow we're being judged and we are. Um, we, you know, we whisper about it. Uh, when I'm teaching a class and I discuss this particular chapter, um, what I tell them, you know, I start out and I ask them, okay, let's talk about all the names you call people who have mental illness. And there's all sorts of names. And I say, okay, this shows us that we still judge people. And I say, and I don't want you to answer this question, but my guess is that there are a good number of you sitting in this classroom who have some kind of medicine for anxiety or depression, who see a therapist, but you're not going to admit it mm -hmm. because you know, you're ashamed to do that. You think there's something wrong with you. And really, that's not the case, but yet that is still the prejudice that we have. Yeah, it, it's interesting. You the, uh, This gets into the power of words, and you mentioned how you know people will say, oh, I'm so stressed, and there might be some mental health issue related to that. Um, and I, oh, it's, sure. Right, and, and it just got me thinking about the problems that we now see, because I'm going to bring this back to football like I do pretty much every podcast. <laughs> um, we had this issue in football for a very long time of, oh, that player got his bell rung. Mm. What that really meant was he has a concussion, right? Are you kidding? No. I mean, that's not what they identified it. And the NFL continues to repeatedly deny uh -huh. the existence uh -huh. of this being like a humongous issue, although they're starting to come around to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But that's essentially what that is and was, is when mm -hmm. you had your bell rung, you were suffering some small concussion, Right. And there mm -hmm. are a, a hundred other phrases that people would use to describe that um, without acknowledging what is actually happening to them, which mm -hmm. is their brain is getting smashed against their right. skull and it's causing right. damage. And and I think the same thing happens with mental health is, oh, I'm so stressed um, without. OK, now <laughs> what can we actually do about that as opposed to just, yeah, 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 we're all stressed wait, wait, we're all suffering these problems? We should do something about it. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I want to say is that on the increase in our society is anxiety and depression and stress. And part of the reason that anxiety and depression are increasing is because of stress. Stress, among other things, can actually uh, bring on depression and anxiety. And so because our society is so fast-paced, so overloaded with information, um, you know, difficulties with the economy, I mean, there's a whole load of reasons, but because our economy is so stressed, we are actually also having an increase in depression and anxiety. So, um, there's there's problem problems in River City, as the old uh, play says. I don't know if yeah. you have any idea what I'm talking about. You're not obviously as old as I am, but but we do have absolutely a very very um, large amount of issues with these. Not necessarily does everybody have the same degree because anytime we talk about this, there is a continuum. You know, some people have anxiety once in a while, or, or I should say probably all of us have anxiety once in a while. Some people have mild anxiety. Some, some people are very debilitated from anxiety. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a, an issue uh, that maybe we can talk about just a little bit is how do you, 
how do you know if I mean anxiety is is a a, a very primal feeling that we have? Mm-hmm. How do you know when it's just healthy anxiety? Like this seems like a dangerous situation to be yes. in, or something like that, versus. Uh, I am feeling anxious all the time and I can't tell if it's healthy anxiety or if there's actually a problem. Like, how would you? Well, it has to do with how much is it interfering with your life? Okay. You know, is it something that's happening all the time? You're not able to, you know, function. And I'm being oversimplistic here, but if it is you know, something that is really interfering with your ability to function, to do your job, to relate to others, that it is causing you, um, you know, a lot of distress, then it's something that you really have to consider taking seriously and doing something about. Okay. So would it be, and I know this isn't the proper definition, but would, would it be somewhat similar to how you would define certain types of addiction where it starts interfering with how you interact with the world around you? No, because in my mind, no, because an addiction by its very name means already that there's a problem, which is different than, Mm. let's say, being a social gambler. Being a social gambler is not an addiction. So once you say somebody has an addiction, that automatically means they've got a problem. Got it. Oh, okay. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, I want to move on. Uh, okay. So I think one of the tough things about mental health, and this is partly, I think, why it's so tough to tackle, is that it's mostly invisible. People can't mm-hmm. see it. And and so unlike someone with a limp, for example, it's tough to identify identify someone who is really hurting on the inside, um, you know, at least for someone who doesn't have a trained eye and maybe can pick up on a cer- certain things. Um but because you're so aware, do you approach uh, new people in your life interactions, you know, not patients, but just in general, differently? And if so, is there something the rest of us can take away from the way that you interact with people? Is it, is it you know, just showing more empathy 90% oh, of the time? or what? Okay, so I'm going to tell you first a funny story, and then I'm going to go back to your question. Okay. Sometimes, it's not often, but sometimes we're out with people who don't know who I am or what I do. And as soon as I say I'm a psychologist, that's sort of a showstopper. Everybody stops talking because they figure that I'm analyzing them. (laughs) And when I go out, I'm not working. So I don't really analyze, although I think probably it's just my nature to always be an observer Mm -hmm. um, and looking at people. And I probably pick up who people are just as basically who I am as a person, but I'm not really, um, you know, analyzing or figuring people out. That being said, I think my general approach in life is that I always deal with people in a compassionate way. Um, and, you know, I have a very hard time. There, there are certain behaviors that people do that somebody else will say, well, that's it. You know, just, you know, draw the line in the sand or don't put up with it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, that's really, and, and I will always perhaps even to a fault say, you know, you've got to look at what has caused this in this person mm-hmm. and have compassion and don't be so quick to just judge the person and, you know, throw them out with the garbage. So I think that if, 
in general, in life, if we could be more compassionate and more understanding, um, that that would be a better way to live life. Mm -hmm. I, I I have um, definitely in my own personal life, I'm definitely more like you now. I wasn't always this way. Uh, I was probably the one that was telling you just cut them off. Like Mm -hmm. you need to teach them a lesson because how Mm -hmm. else are they going to learn? But as I've gotten older, I've definitely softened in my, uh, in, in, I would say grown in my compassion Mm -hmm. for people. And now when I, you know, for example, I, you know, if I was stuck in traffic, I, you know, I I never got road ragey, but I would get frustrated for sure. And just be like, Oh my God, I can't believe the traffic is so awful. Uh, you know, and then uh, we would drive by an accident and I'd be like, ugh, learn how to drive, you jerks. Uh-huh. Now, um, I drive by that and I just think, oh my gosh, I hope everybody's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know I was delayed 30 minutes. Like, the, like, honestly, this is my mental process. Like, I know I was delayed 30 minutes or an hour, but this, their problems are just starting. They're going to have to deal with insurance and hopefully there's not any major uh, mm-hmm. health issues that uh, as a result of this stuff. And like, God, the, the, their day is going to be an awful day. You know, like these are the things. So I, I start looking at things from, um, yeah, as you said, in a more, more compassionate happy. manner. Yeah. 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 I think some of that comes with age because the more experiences we have, the more that we realize that, you know, there is a different perspective. We, we have the advantage of knowing that there are different circumstances that can cause things and we're not so quick to judge, but not everybody is able to do that. Um, There are some people who are more guarded and, you know, don't, open up their hearts. But I think that if you had to say, what is it that I basically do? It's that attitude. I'm able to just look at the person and not necessarily judge them solely on their behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, Now with all this being said about not judging and, and, and being aware that people have different circumstances and different issues that may put them in the place that they are and perhaps acting the way they are suffering from that, all that stuff. Um, It can be dangerous to self-diagnose or perhaps Mm -hmm. diagnose someone close to you. How can you approach, let's say your spouse with the idea that you think that they actually might need some help? Well, you know, if you think about the various podcasts we've had, um, I think you're, you could probably guess my answer. It would be one of concern. Um, you know, I've noticed that you've been down lately. I noticed that this really, um, you're getting anxious a lot of times. And, um, I mean, I'm going to do this in a real short version, but there's no reason that you have to be feeling like this. Um, and, um, have you, you know, is this something that, you know, you want to share with me? Is this something that you want to talk about? Um, and you know, it's got to come from a place of not like, I can't believe you're being so stupid or, you know, it's enough already, you know, the moon struck, you know, snap out of it. Um, it's gotta be one of, I'm truly concerned about you and I'm open to talking to you. I'm, you know, wanting you to have, you know, the best possible, day-to-day activities and it seems like the things that are on your mind or that are troubling you are preventing you from from having that Mm -hmm. you know one of the 
one of the things that um, I feel like I fall into this trap as well, we will talk about society as like this big generality of like society has this issue with mental health and the stigma and all that stuff. I am society. We are society, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. if you approach your your spouse with this information, they may may be one of those people like, well, that's not me. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, I I feel down, but like, I don't have a, some kind of mental health issue. Like, please, that's, you know, again, that's for other people. That's not Mm -hmm. me. So how do you break through that own personal um, idea of what mental health is or means and how, how, I guess, just how prevalent it is in our society? Well, I don't know that I would say to a mate, I think that you're mentally ill. No, or I yeah. Think, you know, <laughs> I think I would approach it more from a descriptive kind of thing. You know, I've been noticing that you've been really down lately, that you're having trouble being motivated, that you're having trouble sleeping. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, you know, I'm concerned that um, this is has been getting in the way of you enjoying yourself lately. So it's more descriptive. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, I think a lot of people, as I said before, have this attitude of, oh, you know, you're going to go for help. That means like you're really a wackadoo. Yeah. Um, when in fact, um, going to therapy, in my mind, really takes a very strong person. Most people are very hesitant to look at themselves. Um, and to really reflect on their lives and, and, and on themselves. So if you're willing to do that, that really takes strength of character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if it's presented that way, and again, not that you're mentally ill, but you know, you're, you're having some difficulty. If your car was having some problems, you'd take it to a car mechanic. Um, if you were, you know, if you were having trouble with your tennis stroke and you wanted to be able to, um, you know, improve it, you wouldn't, you know, you would be willing to spend some money on tennis lessons. So why should, if you're having a little bit of a stuck point, why wouldn't you talk to somebody who might be able to help you figure out where you're stuck? Mm -hmm. That is a great point. I mean, we find... Uh, we've talked about this in the past about this is the same issue with just marriage and relationship issues. People, mm-hmm. um, people feel like doing maintenance on their relationship is somehow an acknowledgement of some sort of failure when mm-hmm. in fact it's just if you want to be good at anything or improve anything or just do maintenance on everything around you, mm-hmm. you have no problem with that kind of an investment, whether it's time or money or both. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to our own personal being, I feel like this is a very American centric thing of we will grit our teeth and we will work through it. Right. Like we mm-hmm. are just determined to um, just push through and work through anything. And if somebody needs help, we somehow look at that as some sort of less than. Um, right. I don't want right. I don't want to even go so far as to say failure, but it's at least a less than when I'm when I feel like we that's such a terrible thing for the most intimate of relationships when we don't have that same kind of attitude for everything else around us. I mean, when you talk about, again, sports, it's like, you know, it's it's a team game. It's a team, blah, blah, blah. But when we talk about society, it's like, no, if you can't do this on your own, you're shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really weird that we have those kind of attitudes and feelings toward our own personal health and well-being and relationship health and well-being. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. And again, I think it's in the presentation of, look, you know, you're stuck and that doesn't, there's nothing wrong with being stuck. We all get stuck every now and then, but you know, why not get some help with somebody who'd be able to look at it differently? Right. Right. And, you know, somebody like you who has so much experience in all this stuff, um, it, it, it's interesting because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big computer guy. Um, you know, I've mentioned this in the past. I've been a technology editor uh, for many years and things and other avenues I've worked. Um, and so when somebody comes to me with a computer problem, I'm <laughs> able to diagnose it, fix it, and execute on a computer in seconds, seconds. Right. What, and would, nobody they, thinks there's something wrong with them that they can't do it. And, and well, the other thing about it is like I can do that in seconds and somebody will spend three hours and get mm-hmm. nowhere on that exact same thing. And it's because, well, this is what I've studied. This is what I know. Mm-hmm. And they have no problem asking me for help. And they're grateful for that. And the same thing with like mental health issues and and what we've been talking about, somebody could go to you and you could be like, oh yeah, no big deal. Here's how you resolve this thing. Or here's how, you know, this is what you should be doing. And poof, like that, where they might be really struggling for a really long time, spinning the wheels going nowhere because they don't even know where to look or what they can't even, they, they don't, they can't even diagnose the problem properly to know the first steps to take. And so it, I just feel like, people should be more open-minded in, in accepting help or seeking out help if necessary. Well, I want to be fair here, Steve. I don't think that in most cases it's the same as what you can do, that in a matter of 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you diagnosis, you fix it, and poof, it's done. There was only, in all my years, I think one time where that happened, this woman came in to see me. Uh, She had lost her husband, I think, two years previously, and she was still crying a huge amount and grieving. And her children thought there was something horribly wrong with her, and why didn't she get help, and why was she still crying? And I remember saying to her, it's really okay if you're still grieving. And that was the first and only time I saw her because I just gave her permission to still cry and it was okay. Mm -hmm. But generally it's going to take more than just, you know, okay, here's what it is. And you, you know, boom, 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 you're done. Uh, So I want to, I just want to represent it fairly because people are listening to us. um, And I, I want them to have a better understanding that it generally is a bit of a process and, Many times, um, it's it's more an exploration of finding out together, you know, what it is that is going on for you that is causing you to feel the way that you're feeling. No, okay, that's I'm I'm very glad that you made that distinction, and you're right. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> I was going to well, add something. No, up. we're here to educate. So no, no, no. I want to. I want to be, you know, upfront in in being uh, open about what what the process. No, is you're right like. because you're right. You you have to find out why. You know, maybe maybe like a car is more apt where it's like you hear a noise and and you have to diagnose what that noise is and find out where it is before you can even start to fix it. Right. 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 So maybe yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, I'm glad you made that distinction because you're right. It's not just people come in, you tell them, all right, just be happier 
<laughs> and they right. walk out the door take, and they're good. Take, yeah, take take uh, these three actions and then all of life will be good. Yeah. I wish it were that easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so um, we, we've kind of talked around all this stuff about the stigma surrounding it and being able to just come to terms with, you know what, I, you know, either me or my spouse or someone I love could use some help or at least a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you start? Where do you, where do you go if you're, you know, if you're feeling depressed or you're sad or you're anxious or, you know, not knowing what that first step is to take, would these things be um, addressed by the same type of person? Like if somebody is sad or depressed or anxious, would they go to you? Um, you know, we've talked a lot about marriage friendly therapists and, you know, whatever. So can you just give a quick yeah, this overview? Is a really, this is a really important question and also a really big question. So I'm going to try to do the best that I can with this. Um, There are different types of therapy. And um, in part, you have to know who you are. Um, And here's what I mean. If you're the kind of person that only wants to learn, okay, what behaviors do I have to do? Or how do I have to think about this? Then you want one kind of therapist. If you're the kind of person that says, well, I really want to understand like, you know, why I'm doing this. You want a different kind of therapist and, and you don't know what the hell you're looking for. Um, so the best thing to do really is to shop for a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are like, huh, you know, um, so you, you know, when you go looking for cars, you do research and you shop around and then you decide you just don't, you know, buy the car. And the same for clothing, for jeans, mm-hmm. you know, you try it on. Now, any good, any fair, good therapist should be willing to give you on the phone about 20 minutes that you're not going to get charged for. And basically, I mean, I think that you should make the call with, you know, do some research. Uh, Psychology Today is a great um, website that has um, a lot of a lot of us as therapists are on that site uh, to, you know, promote ourselves to say, here we are, you know, we exist. And on the side of it, uh, it's got, you know, what it is that you think of course, you're self-diagnosing, but you know, you you mm-hmm. sort of know. Do I have anxiety, or do I am I depressed, or whatever? And it has, you know, your location. And then there's a bunch of therapists that come up, and you can start to read their profiles, see which ones sort of feel right to you, and then call a couple of them. And when you call, call with some very directed questions, so that you don't go on and on and on, because that's not fair. But you can basically say, okay, here's basically what I'm feeling. Have you dealt with this? And how would you deal with this? So you get a sense. And if the person says to you, well, you know, basically my style is where I work on the uh, erroneous thinking or the, you know, beliefs that you have that are are wrong and distorted. Okay. And another one says to you, well, I believe a lot of uh, the what you're feeling may really be due to, you know, things, patterns that you learned when you were a child, and we need to, you know, explore that. Um, or another one says to you, well, 
you know, it's really more about you exploring it. And I just, you know, I, I, I'm really a very good listener. You start to get a feel for who the person is. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people will come and say to me that what they like, and this is not an advertisement, but Mm -hmm. what they, it's a way of an example that what they like about my style is that I'm interactive. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I had a client who said to me, you talk too much. That's a matter of choice. When they have done research on which therapy works the best, what they basically find is there are certain therapies that absolutely are better for certain very specific kinds of situations or problems. Barring those, and maybe if you wanted to, you know, maybe we could do a, a podcast. I don't know if that's something you have interest doing, but regardless, barring that, the factor that is the most significant across the board is the way that you relate to the therapist. Mm. So that's why this initial call is really important to see the feeling you have about the person. And please, 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 if you go to the person and in the first one or two sessions, you're not feeling good, do not say to yourself, well, I've already told my story and I've spent money and I've spent time, cut your losses and go someplace else. I'm glad, I'm, I'm going to stop you really quick. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask, um, like, how do you, because this is such a foreign concept in terms of just, you know, for example, if I sprain my ankle and I go to the doctor and they put some ointment on it and wrap it up or whatever they do, and I walk out and three days later, I start feeling better. I know, well, it seems to be working okay. Mm-hmm. But with mental health, I think people are kind of in the dark about, I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that if you go to a therapist and you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it per se, don't mm-hmm. grit your teeth and just say like, well, I'm going through the steps. Find somebody where you do feel like yes. you're making progress. Yes. Where okay. you feel comfortable, where you feel like you got something from the session. The person should be able to tell you their game plan. They, you know, how they, how they feel that they can help you. And you can ask those questions, by the way. This is a service profession. We are here to serve you. So you can say, you know, have you worked with people like this in this situation before? What do you, how do you propose to help me through this? Mm -hmm. And the person should be able to answer you. And would you say in most cases, there should be an end date to the, no, and here's okay. why. Okay. Okay. Because first of all, when a person first talks, you don't really know, like we'll use your iceberg analogy. Mm-hmm. They're telling you the top of it. You don't know how deep it really goes. And you also don't know the breadth of it because it may end up being much larger than what was originally told. Mm-hmm. So no, there, there, you can't really give an end date. And I know that that's frustrating to people. Now there are certain therapists who work, I'm sorry, there yeah. are certain people who work very short term. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you want, then you can actually say, I'm interested in short term therapy. That's a different kind of therapy. But you could also – so to to that point though and going back to what we were just saying, so even though you can't really give a definitive, okay, that you know we should have this thing resolved in this amount of time, you should still be able to see progress over time. So even though 
um, you can't say, you know, we'll have this thing taken care of. You should feel better or start to see some sort of unraveling progress. Yeah. And if you're feeling, by the way, if you're not feeling good in the sessions, bring that up to the therapist. Mm -hmm. This isn't, you know, I'm not feeling good. I didn't like that session. I wasn't happy about this. I wasn't happy about that. Bring it up. That's good to know because I feel uh, just in, in in healthcare in general, physical and mental, I feel like a lot of just general citizens such as myself feel intimidated um, asking questions because you guys are the pros. You guys have the the MDs and the PhDs and the you know the higher education and have studied this your entire lives, um, and we just say like, okay, like whatever you do is probably the best we are a service profession we are here to help you now the only other distinction i want to make for people is that except in louisiana and new mexico psychologists and social workers cannot prescribe medication so if you need medication you're going to need to go to a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. and in many states, especially like in where I come from, New York, most psychiatrists are so inundated in giving out medication because people want a quick fix mm-hmm. that most psychiatrists don't do the therapy. Some of them do, but most of them don't. So this is actually a really great distinction. So psychiatrists are the ones that, um, as you just stated, do the medication Correct. Stuff. Psychologists are the ones that give the talking and the walking through and digging into That's the problems. Correct. That's correct. Um, how would you know? Uh, because they're, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I hate to throw this out there, but I kind of feel like we do probably take too much medication as a society. But mm-hmm. I also want to acknowledge and recognize that there are chemical imbalances that can be helped with medication and it's absolutely necessary. And I don't want to, and I, so I'm, I'm trying to be delicate with this because I know people need medication. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to to make it sound like I'm, I'm, I'm crapping on people who, who need to take medication. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that being said, how would you know, again, if I'm feeling anxious or depressed or whatever, how would I know if I should be seeing somebody who's going to talk me through it or, but I also want to feel better and I know I can take some pills and feel better. Um, but you know, those issues might not go away. Like, should I be seeing both? Should I target one over the other? Like, how would you handle that kind of a scenario? Well, again, um, my general stance is, you know, if I am working with somebody, I'm going to try not to have them go on medication. Mm-hmm. But if what we're doing isn't working, then I'm going to say to them, I think we need a little help from our chemical friends. Mm-hmm. Um, because it may be that there's a biological component to it. And, you know, if you've tried lots of different things and nothing's working, then you know, you got to go, you got to consider the biological. Now, is there anything wrong with uh, mixing the two? Oh, no, you should be. That's, oh, I'm glad you asked that. Mm -hmm. That is adjunctive. That is a help. That should not be the, um, 
uh, treatment of choice. That's merely to take the edge off so that then you can get back and do the work of the therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So oh, I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> yes. So essentially, if you have issues and and um, maybe maybe it is to the point where it's debilitating and you can't even talk about this stuff without the help, help of a little chemistry. Right. Um, you do that and then you get back to work because otherwise, um, unless you get to why you're feeling this way, it's probably going to stay with you. Right. That's correct. In other words, you're doing all this therapy and nothing is really sinking in because there's this biological piece that's getting in the way. So you need to ease it off with the chemical stuff and then you go back, to, you, you do, then you're able to really take in what's going on therapeutically. Mm -hmm. And vice versa, I suppose. Right. 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 Um, well, excellent. This, like, you know, as I brought up at the top, this is a huge topic. Uh, we could probably go on forever and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you could talk about this stuff forever. Uh, but was there one last point you wanted to drive home on this episode? Maybe we can revisit it in a different angle. Well, the only time. other thing I want to say is, you know, we've had this wonderful talk about how to approach your spouse and how helpful it is. And, you know, even a little bit about how you know how to get help or where to get help. There is also the possibility that the person just is going to say, no, I don't want to go. Um, I, I, there's two things I want to say. So the one is that if they say, no, I don't want to go, you can't force them to go. Mm -hmm. And even if you somehow manage to get them to go, mm -hmm. even though they're resistant, it's not going to work anyway. Um, so they have to be want, they have to be willing and wanting yeah. to help. I, there are plenty of people who literally come to their appointment on time every week and it goes nowhere because they really are not ready to work. So you have to you have to accept that. Okay. The other thing is that though I certainly wouldn't make this my first way of approaching my spouse, but if you have tried everything, you've been compassionate and you've given them space and you know, um, you've tried different methods to try to get them to go and they still don't go, I think in a very loving way in a very compassionate way, you could say, look, I don't think you even realize that the struggles that you're having, let's say it's depression, the struggles that you're having must feel absolutely awful to you. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine, you know, how, how awful it feels to you, but I'm not sure you've even recognized or realized that it's also having an impact on me it's having an impact on the kids. And I'd like you to think about that because I know you're a, a good and decent person that's just being troubled by something that you can't help. Mm -hmm. But if you got help, you it could be better. And, you know, it would be better not only for you, but for all of us as well. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's a tactic that you can use as well. Okay. Um, I do want to bring up one last thing. Yes. Which is, we know from many studies about the affordability of mm -hmm. healthcare. Mm -hmm. And when people don't have the money for it, they stay sick. Um, yeah. And when, you know, in countries, for example, where they have um, universal healthcare, um, we know that th they go to regular checkups more often and mm -hmm. have less chronic stuff and all this other things. So we're having this amazing conversation about good mental health and all this stuff, but I don't want to ignore the fact that it costs money. 
Um, yep. And it would be, and a lot of people are probably listening to all this and saying like, this is amazing. I would love to do that. If only I could, because mm-hmm. I can't afford it. What advice or um, information might you have for those people? Did you have to make that this question now? I did. <sighs> I didn't want to skip it. I, I Steve, I don't even know how to answer this in, in the quick because I have to tell you, you have hit on one of my pet peeves. Okay. Um, I could say to you, people can go to clinics. They could go to people who are on their insurance. Unfortunately, just like, um, you know, if you if you use somebody who's just starting a plumbing business, as opposed to somebody who's been in the plumbing business 20 years, you're going to get a different quality of service. Mm-hmm. Um, now, okay, so, but that's the reality we live in. Yeah. So my question to you is, would it be better to take what you can get in that kind of a scenario versus ignoring it? Or do you feel like you're putting yourself at risk of further damage? Well, I guess that some help is better than none. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't want the whole profession to be judged by those types of experiences? Yeah. 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 So... Okay. No, this is good um, because we want to be honest in the conversation. So um, I'm, I'm glad that I was at least touched. And if other people have thoughts on this, I would love to hear them. Um, and I know maybe, you know, and I kind of gave you the, the what short I can't shrift on wait, this. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I want to leave on an up note. Okay. Okay. You, people don't realize this. They can always ask therapists if they're willing to work on a sliding scale. Okay. Okay. Um, nobody's going to say, hey, here's my fee, but I'm, I'm glad to reduce it. Sure. <laughs> so you can shop around again mm-hmm. and you can ask for a sliding scale. Okay. Just know that that's an option. Could you just say that up front? So, so you contact these people and say, I'm, I'm looking for this kind of help. I just want to put it out there right up front. Um, I you know, I would need the, you know, if you could work on a sliding scale, that's all, you know, what I'm looking for. Or is that something that you would approach after you've met with? Met I with would approach it after you've met. Okay. <laughs> Are you- I, think, I think that, you know, just the way you're going to connect with the therapist, the therapist is going is to connect more with you. Okay. We are people. <laughs> yes. So they, I mean, they have to be able to see you and, and kind of gauge this okay got it no that may no this is that's actually very good solid advice that i think people can take with them on a positive note okay. Okay. <laughs> and maybe we'll maybe we'll get back to um how to fix our mental health care system in the future in a future okay. episode so okay. um thank you so much i know this has actually turned out to be quite a long episode but i think it was worth it and i hope it has tons of helpful information for those who have been kind of in the dark about this whole stuff so thank you so much karen it's always a pleasure thank you steve i'm glad we did this likewise i want to remind everybody that you have been listening to dr karen sherman psychologist 
who is a had been practicing for 30 years as the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Karen has her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network out each Wednesday called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. In just five minutes, Karen will present a real relationship issue, tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it. You can get all this information on her website, drkarensherman.com. We have a link to her website as well on our site, pitchedmag.com. There is actually a experts link tab on our homepage uh, where you can find uh, not just a link to her website, but also uh, past content she has contributed. Uh, Our podcast page has the entire archive of every episode we've ever done. And um, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. And uh, I'm really glad that we can make all the past archives available and i want to apologize if you guys go back deep into the archives where the audio may not be uh, what it is today quality wise but the information is as valid uh even though the audio isn't as great um so we've been improving over the years and we hope you appreciate it uh if you have any thoughts or questions or comments we love hearing from you uh there's uh you can email us you can hit us up on the social networks um you guys have heard the spiel before uh so thank you once again and one last time thank you so much karen thank you steve all right uh until next time good mental health everybody take care